Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Story time. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Texas sun beat down mercilessly as our National Guard unit plunged into the heart of the remote region, chasing reports of a creature that echoed the legendary Bigfoot. The cryptic forest swallowed us whole, the air thick with suspense and the tang of untold mysteries. As we delved deeper, the forest seemed to close in around us, trees entwining like guardians of some ancient secret. The oppressive silence was broken only by the crunch of leaves beneath our boots. We stumbled upon an abandoned camp, a desolate testament to lives interrupted. The sun-bleached tents whispered tales of the camp's sudden abandonment. Our grim discovery turned macabre as we unearthed the bodies, fifty in total, sprawled across the clearing. Savage markings adorned their lifeless forms, reminiscent of the tales we dismissed as folklore. Dread seeped into our ranks as we realized that these poor souls had fallen prey to a monstrous humanoid a creature akin to the very legend we sought. With trepidation, we pressed on, the forest growing denser with each step. The tension among us was palpable, the weight of the unknown bearing down. But the cryptic woods revealed nothing. No sign of the creature, no trace of the elusive menace that had left a graveyard in its wake. Frustration simmered into disillusionment, and the once united unit now grappled with dissent. Some urged abandoning the mission, the fear of the unknown proving too much to bear. Yet, duty and a lingering sense of curiosity propelled us forward. Suddenly, as if the forest itself had heard our doubts, the creature materialized from the shadows. A behemoth with eyes that seemed to hold ancient secrets. Panic set in, and gunfire erupted. The battle was fierce, a dance of survival in the heart of the cryptic forest. In the chaotic crossfire, two comrades fell. The creature, wounded but not vanquished, retreated into the shadows. We tended to our wounded and mourned our fallen, the forest echoing with the weight of our losses. As the adrenaline subsided, a chilling realization settled in our bones, the creature was real, and the forest held more secrets than we could fathom. The scars of that encounter marked us a haunting reminder that even in the vastness of Texas, the line between reality and myth could blur into a cryptic nightmare. I will try and give as much detail as possible and keep this from going on for too long. This happened back in the summer of 2015 when I was serving in the United States Army Reserves. I was stationed in southern Alabama in a transportation company. Sometimes, my girlfriend would come with me on drill weekends and we would crash at a friend of hers apartment which is where this incident took place. This particular weekend we were in a large convoy in the middle of nowhere, on some back road out in the sticks well over 100 miles from the city. That was when I got the most confusing, bizarre, and downright creepy phone call of my young life. She was in utter hysterics. She was crying and screaming, Wondering why I would frighten her so badly, WTF my problem was and asking me how I even pulled it off. 
After I was finally able to calm her down, this is the story she relayed to me. Sometime that afternoon her friend was at work and she was at the apartment by herself. Suddenly there was a loud bang on the door not a knock, several out as violent bangs. After looking through the peephole she saw me. But there was something off, she says I was wearing my army uniform, it looked like me but that I had this very angry aggravated look on my face. She opened the door wondering why I was home so early and apparently without saying a word I angrily blew past her, shoulder checking her into the wall and quickly walked down the hall taking a left into the bedroom slamming the door behind me so hard the whole place shook. She was very alarmed and confused about why I was home so early and in such an agitated state. I mean that is so out of character for me. I'm not a violent guy at all. On top of that if something did happen to set me off, she would have been the first to hear about it. So she's walking behind me, trying to get some information out of me and she opens bedroom door behind me and sees the closet door slam shut. She proceeds to run over to see what I was doing in her friend's closet and claims that when she opened the door, it was completely empty. That was when she had a panic attack and called me. Imagine my shock and confusion hearing that story knowing that I was well over 100 miles away at the time. She finally believed me after I sent her a photo with my current GPS location which only served to freak her out more. I thought that there must be some kind of rational explanation for what she saw. I will be honest and say that she did smoke a little weed here and there but at the time I know she was sober. She did not mess around with hard drugs or drink and she had no mental illness of any kind. Over the years since that happened I came to learn about doppelgangers. I don't know what they mean, what they represent, or why they come around. All I know is that they are creepy as shit, and a girl I dated for several years came face to face with mine and it put the fear of God into the poor girl lol. Take from this story what you will. And honestly I don't care if anyone believes it or not I just have to get it off my chest. I am very much a skeptic, I did not and still really don't believe in ghosts, but at the same time I did experience this. I was a marine and deployed with the 11th MEU on the below wood, at one point I ended up getting assigned to work with the Navy Ship Supply, S8, I think it was. I worked for them for a month during the day with nothing unusual happening. At the end of the month I volunteered to work for them for another month if I could work the one night shift spot, they agreed, and since no other marines wanted to get faped out to work for the navy I got the spot. Basically that meant that any time any section, engineering and aviation mainly, needed a part at night, I went to get it from one of the many storage rooms throughout the ship. There came to be three storage rooms I preferred not going to. C, CA, and CB they were by far the biggest storage rooms and in the bowels of the ship which are supposed to be completely sealed from the rest of the ship other than the one path you take to get to them to prevent flooding in the event of a hull breach. Yet in what was perhaps the most isolated part of the ship I would hear voices and other indications of movement in other close-by areas of those storage rooms. The first few times I would call out asking who was there, never receiving a reply, or investigate the noises which sounded like someone else doing the same job I was, moving things around either storing, sorting, or retrieving parts, never finding anything out of place, 
Eventually I just pretended I did not hear anything and got in and out as fast as possible. At the end of my second month on my last day I casually, jokingly said something like by the way I am pretty sure C, CA, and CB are haunted. All the Navy personnel in the room just keep looking at me and nodded and verbally agreed that it was. I still am very skeptical of ghost, or any kind of afterlife, but I still can't explain what I experienced. I tend to lean towards Occam's razor, the easiest explanation being, at 2 I am in the most isolated part of the ship all by myself and my mind was having a bit of fun at my expense. But truthfully I have never been able to just accept that explanation especially given the reaction I got when I finally brought it up. Perhaps it was bleed over from another below wood in another universe. Whatever it was, the USS below wood is now an artificial reef so whatever was going on is a problem for the fish now. After reading a thread on scary camping experiences, I wanted to share something that happened to me and my girlfriend two years ago. We were both in our late 20s. Thinking about it still makes my skin crawl and my heart pound. Sorry if it's a bit long, I want to set the scene appropriately. We camped for the night in the Stanislaus National Forest near Big Trees, California. We were only about 15 minutes off the main road but in a pretty remote area. Basically dirt fire roads and nothing but trees in all directions. We arrived in the early afternoon and set up camp in a nice clearing at the top of a hill beside the road, and drank some beer while we cooked dinner. We saw maybe four cars go by in the hours between when we arrived and nightfall, all hunters leaving the forest. By seven the sun had mostly set and it was getting dark. The solitude and peacefulness of the woods was nice but it felt just a little odd being so secluded. I've been camping probably 50 times but I've always been with a larger group or at a dedicated campsite. After dinner when it was dark we hung a bear bag with all of our food stuff and smoked a joint laying back on a blanket looking up at the stars. I was feeling good and pretty much forgot about the fact that we were alone in the middle of the forest. We got into the tent and sat in the darkness and talked for at least an hour, I'm a tall guy but my two-man tent is high enough that I can sit up inside of it without a problem. The rain fly was laying on top of the tent, kind of flung over the top but not attached or staked down, fully covering one side and draped over so that the other side was mostly unobstructed. We had a clear view out of the mesh siding and the trees were barely illuminated by the moon in front of us. Here's where it got spooky, I had been doing a lot of browsing of reddit and decided to tell my girlfriend about it. Basically a sub dedicated to this spooky ritual where you sit in a darkened room at 3am and set up a candle and two mirrors and through some combination of supernatural forces and sleep deprivation, images appear in the mirrors and speak to you. I was having fun scaring her and to be honest was scaring myself a little. Uck my hair is standing on end as I recall this. The woods were dead silent, and there was absolutely no wind. Nothing rustling, no air moving, at all. It would have been very easy to feel even the slightest breeze sitting like we were. I paused in my story, and as I did, the rainfly started to ever so slowly draw back from the top of the tent. It didn't fall off, it wasn't blown. Honest to God it was as if someone was carefully pulling it down from behind us. I will never forget the sound it made. 
We turned and stared at each other wide-eyed, and my heart was in my throat. The fly continued to slide ever so slowly down the tent until it was completely off. It was too dark to see clearly behind us but my mind conjured all the nightmarish beings I've ever seen in horror movies. I'd like to say I sprang into action and ensured our safety, but I was literally frozen. What a feeling. We sat in stunned silence for maybe 10 seconds until I finally found it in myself to grab my flashlight and look behind us. There was nothing there. We breathed a huge sigh and started whispering feverishly. What the F? Did you? I got out and looked all around the clearing but felt stupid after a while and we went to sleep. The next morning, we woke up early and packed up camp. It was sunny and quiet and I was happy to be in the woods but I couldn't shake the eerie feeling from the night before. I was on my knees roiling up the tent but kept glancing through the trees around us kind of compulsively and my girlfriend was packing up breakfast about 30 feet in front of me. Again, there was absolutely nobody around, and no birds chirping or animals in sight. Then, I heard from directly behind me, two quick thwacks. Thock. Thock. Loud. And about two seconds apart. Like the sound of an axe hitting a tree. I judged the source of the sound as within 100 feet of me. My girlfriend sprang up as I wheeled around to look behind me, but there was nothing there. We both said okay time to GTFO of here, and left in a hurry. My heart didn't stop pounding until we were back on the main road. I have never been so thoroughly spooked for such an extended period in my life. I hope this story was interesting to some of you here. LMK if you have questions or thoughts. I have had many things happen to me. I have seen a full body shadow apparition which turned out to be the so-called hat man which I discovered by accident in another thread. I have seen objects move sometimes two objects at the same time that are 10 feet apart. I have had my locked door open and close on its own which requires another thread to explain. There's a lot of details to it I have captured over a dozen class A EVPs some of which are the clearest you'll ever hear. I have recorded an EVP of a person who told me his full name to find out he wasn't even dead yet but died two days later after the EVP, which proves we do have a soul that can travel out of our body. I have recorded spirit box sessions and I understand the doubt in this, but it works I have two of them that there are no denying that it answered directly I have had things thrown at me, been laughed at sarcastically by a disembodied voice. I will post separate threads about all these experiences and go into detail. None of those things scared me, I even would say it out loud to the spirits that they don't scare me. But one thing did scare me. Scared the crap out of me and will scare even a Navy SEAL in SEAL Team 6. I woke up out of a trance in front of my stove, with the burner on and a knife with a plastic handle in the frying pan, the handle melting. I had no idea what happened. My girlfriend told me I called her and wasn't making sense. I had pieces of food in the freezer with knife slashes all over them. And the craziest thing of all, had a room air cleaner balancing perfectly upside down in the bedroom which is impossible to do. I tried it over a dozen times trying to stand it upside down, but it doesn't have the top surface where it is possible. I had no control of myself for over a half hour. I got possessed. 
I started thinking about how some murderers said they blacked out when savagely stabbing someone or how someone who everyone thought was completely normal just lose it and commit mass murder for no reason. Now I wonder if they are speaking the truth. And true evil does exist. What if my mother or someone else I love was there in the house with me that day? What would I have done? I think the spirits were trying to tell me that I should be scared. Me and my ex-boyfriend broke up about 10 years ago. It was an extremely brief relationship that is usually not even worth mentioning if it weren't for our unusual living situation. When I moved in with him we lost our lease because I was not on it and the person that was moved out and decided to cause trouble because she's a jealous cheating drama whore. I digress. So we had nowhere to go. Gabriel, know his real name, and I'm doing him a favor here since his real name is awful, and I get invited to move in with his brother. In Alabama. Rural Alabama. The sheriff was a very open clan member ad was the mayor and everyone was very, very religious. I felt so unsafe it was ridiculous. I did not know any of this before we moved. This is where I give you a quick profile of me. I grew up in New Jersey. I am well-read, not overly educated but I know my stuff and a complete Scorpio. I was raised by, a drug-addicted lesbian, a Jehovah's Witness nay witch, in the literal form, a Russian Jew and I considered myself Jewish and a Satanist, read, Temple of Set Not LeVay, former Navy SEAL father. I felt like I was in a pit of vipers and I did not know what Gabe and his big mouth told them, but they did not like me from the get-go. Their kids tormented me. One of the boys was stealing my bras and panties, who steals granny panties. Gabe's sister-in-law did much the same, making jokes about my weight, which is hysterical because we were maybe 20 pounds apart. I was desperately trying to get out and I was having a hard time finding somewhere I could crash. In the meanwhile I was hiding in my room, not coming out even to go to the bathroom unless the house was empty. I spent most of my time sleeping, or trying to. I paid rent, I gave Gabe's sister-in-law all my diabetes stuff because she couldn't afford hers, I gave her all my CDs and movies to sell at their shitty store. On July 4th it all came to a head. I am afraid of fireworks so I elected not to take part in the local festivities that night, not just because of the fireworks but because I ceased to have a real name and I was either called Jersey or Yankee, and not in a friendly way. I had fallen asleep, the house was empty, things were peaceful and then the rapid deployment unit of the 4th Cavalry from Texas showed up. M80S and other large fireworks of undetermined origin were going off everywhere, on the windowsills, outside the windows, on the porch, on the air conditioner. This resulted in the house being filled with smoke and the heavy smell of gunpowder. Small fires broke out, the police, or the clan, showed up along with the fire department. These little monsters killed their own cat. I was outside in shorts and a nightshirt hysterical, the fire department checked on me, but I was pretty much ignored. Oh and my marvelous boyfriend? Dead silent the way he had been the entire time. I left the next day, thankfully and that ended that. Gabe and I tried to be friends, but it didn't work out and I moved on. It's been years since all that happened. I'm married, I have cats who are not on fire, 
I live in a place that's only slightly weird. I get an email this morning, a long one, to my old email address that I check like once a month. It was Gabe. His brother had had a serious stroke and he'd recently gone to see them in Alabama. They had moved to a house down the street a bit and were renting out the house he and I lived in, or repeatedly renting it out. He told me after I left, and he left shortly thereafter, his sister-in-law and brother started having issues. About six months after we left things started to break, the pool cracked, plumbing backed up, things like that. The house was in complete disrepair, and they were pigs, just absolute pigs who would throw food in the backyard, not like composting and who would leave wet clothing on the floor until it molded. So none of this is really interesting when the kids left, one got married, two went to prison apparently, it was just the sister-in-law and the brother. The brother was staying most of the time out of state where he was a pit boss in a casino, so the sister-in-law was alone. For Gabe she started to see things out of the corner of her eye and sometimes she's hear music coming from the now empty room I stayed in. The she started to hear sobbing and crying and firecrackers, and smell the flesh of burned animals and gunpowder. Finally, one night she said she heard noises and got up to investigate and she said she saw me standing in the bedroom doorway with a look of pure hate on my face. She said I ran after her, lol, I run for nothing and then I was gone. They called in a minister, they should have called a rabbi duh, but nothing worked. She they rented out the house. No one stays for long, the pool breaks constantly, I did love their pool, they keep smelling strawberries, I used to and sometimes still wear a strawberry and champagne body spray, hearing music, and seeing a light brown haired cute fat chick walking around their house. So, Gabe was emailing me too. I am not a witch, I have dabbled in such things like five times, so yeah, not a hex. Not from me, anyway. I didn't respond because, well, what am I going to say? I did tell my father what happened a bit after everything happened. So I guess you never know. I've been wanting to share my stories or encounters for a while and finally decoded too. So, here you go, feel free to let me know if you've had anything similar happen or just your thoughts. Growing up I lived with my mother, father, and older brother. We had a two-story home, nothing fancy or anything. As a kid, my room was directly in front of my parents' room. And I used to be scared of the dark so my dad would leave my door open and their door open, I could see their room from mine and there was a table in the hall that had a lamp that he would keep on for me. My bed was against the back wall and I sleep on my side, so I was always facing the hall. One night, I remember waking up and I was facing my door, I could see my parents' door was closed. I'm not sure what or how long I was staring out the hallway, this was almost 20 years ago. But, I do vividly remember this dark human-like figure standing at my door. It was full black, long arms, the fingers went past where knees would be, and it had this bright yellow eyes. It was nearly touching the top of my door frame so it had to have been six foot or something, I don't know how tall doors are. I remember staring at it and it staring back but I couldn't make out any other distinct figures besides its eyes. Even today I will never sleep with my back not against the wall nor do I ever leave my door open for anything. 
Just a subconscious thing I guess. Not long after this incident, my mother, who has always had mental illnesses, had a breakdown. I remember her running through the house screaming that there were demons, spirits, and entities trying to harm me. She was later diagnosed with bipolar and schizophrenia. Things had escalated to the point my father would sleep on my floor with my door locked because she would come into my room, pull me out of bed, and drive me to a church near our house and just sit in the car yelling at the voices coming from the radio, I digress but I think this is just an interesting coincidence. 2. Not sleep paralysis but kinda freaky. A few years ago I was sleeping and I was dreaming, 99 of the time remember my dreams and they are all messed up in their own way but I never had a dream like this before or since. In my dream I was in the woods, it was foggy, and I couldn't figure out why or what I was doing there but I had this overwhelming sense I needed to run. So I did. I ran until I got the edge of the woods and I could see my house in the distance. Now, I live in a neighborhood but in my dream my house was the only one I could see. No streets, not lights, no cars, nothing. I ran into my house and you know when you dream of someone you know things are different? But like, you know where you are just it doesn't look like it's supposed to, does that make sense? Well, in this dream, everything looks exactly like it does when I'm awake. So, I run upstairs and I turn the corn from the stairs and I'm standing in front of my door which is right next to my dad's. For some reason I stop and look at my dad's room, used to be my mother's, they've been divorced for two decades, and I could see a light on and a shadow like someone is standing behind it. Then I hear this voice in my head that just screams he's coming so I yank open the door to my room and I see myself sleeping in my bed. I jump into my body and as soon as I do I wake up. 3. Not my story but my cousin who used to live with us. We didn't have a spare room at the time so we made a makeshift room downstairs next to the kitchen, there's a wall that separated the kitchen and his room, he told me one night he was laying in bed listening to music and he heard the fridge close. Assuming it was me or my brother he called out our names, because it was late, and no one answered. He then told me after he called out a second time he saw a boy poke his head around the corner and look at him. He didn't get a good look at who the boy was but he said he had to have been less than 5 foot and at the time my brother was in high school and well over that height. He said it freaked him the f out. For some context, my cousin was in his late 20s at the time, just got out of prison, 6 foot 4, and built like a truck. He is not one to easily scare for. I was laying down one afternoon for a nap and I had my dog laying next to me. I was sleeping on my back and my head was turned toward the wall. I got this weird feeling, my body was cold and I just had this overwhelming fear. Now, my eyes were closed and for some reason I was afraid to open them. Even with them closed I could make out this old lady's face staring at me, I couldn't see a body or anything just face and hair and she was inches away from my face. Now, it could have just been my imagination, I just remember the feeling too strongly. 5. As a child we had a Dalmatian, named Skip. Best dog I've ever had, loyal, brave, smart, beautiful boy. One day I was home alone watching TV, doing kid stuff, I was probably 14? Anyway, we were downstairs and he was asleep at my feet. 
Next thing I know there's a loud crash upstairs almost like a lamp fell over. Skip instantly sat up, started growling and ran upstairs. He wasn't a PPD but he was highly trained and overall good boy, now, my dad was a navy seal and I've grown up around weapons and he taught me from a young age how to handle myself. So, I grabbed the weapon that was on top of the fridge because my first thought was someone broke in. I ran upstairs and found Skip, hackles raised, growling and snarling in my room. I checked around, nothing had fallen, no broken glass, lamps, etc. I went over to him and he was still motionless just growling. I tried to call him to stop because at this point I was freaking out. A few moments later I just left him upstairs and I called my dad. Not long after I hear Skip whine and rush down the steps, he ran over to me on the couch, jumped up, and was shaking. Creepy. I have more stories, but it's late and I don't know I just felt like sharing this to you guys. What creepy shit has happened to you? I need an exit, I need a way to remove a curse and looking for help. I have been told to not acknowledge the curse and it will not have any power and I can say that it has been ill-advised and not correct at all. First of all, believing him cursed came later in life when I started to add all my bad luck together and got spooked. I remember when I was a kid and it was the total opposite, I had lost my dog and I saw a lottery stand and they had a dog teddy and I wanted it, so I went to my mom and asked for 10 cents and she gave it to me, I went right up to the stall and bought the ticket and won the highest price and when he handed me a teddy bigger than my mom I said no and pointed to the small little dog one that I wanted. It was always like that, intuition I kind of knew things. If I really wanted it. Then at some point in time everything became opposite, I've had so much bad luck that even doctors, psych doctors, don't even believe me, they say no one can withstand so much unluckiness and survive, which itself was hurtful to hear as I was there and only spoke of events. A phrase I've heard a lot in my life is this one this has never happened before but it seemed to always happen to me. For example, my high school lost my grades, yeah you heard it true, at that point they stored the grades on local servers that crashed and. It's a long story, but it ended up I studied for 3 years and they lost my grades, I had to redo all of it later in life. But at the time they didn't say that they were lost just that they couldn't find them so I waited for years. This is just one thing. I mean it has been event after event in similar matters that is just too big to be of coincidence. Anyone here, anyone at all, anyone that knows someone, could you please help me? Can you help me identify if it is a curse or am just a guy in a billion, and help me remove it? This happened about 4 years ago when I and two of my partners, referred to as K and W decided to visit this 150-year-old graveyard at night. This occurred in Rochester, New York's Mount Hope Cemetery. Now, I am a sensitive or empath or indigo or whatever, W and K are blocked off energy-wise. The walk in the cemetery was dark and peaceful, at first. We wandered a while and read some stones, and eventually at a crossroads K noticed something and walked off. He came back, and whispered, there's someone over there, I'm gonna check it out. The moment he walked away again, I felt eyes watching me from everywhere and an overwhelming primal sense of fear.
I froze, and W strained to see what K was looking at. About seven or eight minutes later, K was back and looking spooked. He told me that there was a stone white figure, darting through the trees. I was asked if I wanted to leave, and I said no. So we stayed, and wandered a little more. After a little longer, we came across this marble mausoleum, the door of which was made of glass and you could see through it. Getting closer set me off. Everything felt wrong and the dread was back. There was an extremely prickly feeling all over my skin. Kay touched the door and felt it too. Both Kay and myself saw a shadow moving around inside the mausoleum as we stood there, and the moment he touched the door, the shadow disappeared. We ran, eventually finding a place to sit for a moment. I was completely overwhelmed and continuing to feel like we were being watched. Kay was really freaking out, getting dizzy and very quiet. He seemed really off, like he'd seen something I hadn't. I was asked again if I wanted to leave, and this time I said yes. We left, and the whole walk home, I felt the dread again. That inhuman primal fear. Once we got home, W immediately fell asleep on the couch, while K and I began to panic. Both of us felt extremely dizzy and weak. And then we heard knocking. It started softly, only three. As time went on it got more and more frantic sounding, but not much harder. We couldn't shake the dread for a good 30 or so minutes. When the dread left, we were left drained mentally and physically and decided on going upstairs and attempting to get some sleep. We assured each other that we would not open the door, thus we are safe. At some point, while watching TV to try and calm down, I got Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Overheated and Kay opened the door to the upstairs patio and turned on the fan. That was another thing we did wrong. Around 3.20 a.m., Kay woke up and he remembers only being able to move his head around. The door had opened on its own about halfway and a child with black eyes, who looked about 12 with extremely messy shortish hair and face covered by a shadow, was standing there and staring. He remembers the most intense terror Hess ever felt. So much that it physically hurt. He shut his eyes and held them closed until the terror passed and he fell back asleep. The house was already haunted, different story, but the activity has been kicked up a bit. The cat goes nuts because of it. Since then, for both me and Kay, depression and anxiety has become much more intense. I can barely sleep at night, and neither can Kay there has been a constant dull ringing in my ears. Occasionally dread, so bad it hurts, will take over Kay for 20 to 30 minutes. I've been having random pains in various parts of my abdomen. TVs, Radios and lights turn on and off by themselves and we are both constantly feeling watched and intense fear. I can't find any sources on how to deal with or get rid of this energy. I also practice witchcraft and nothing I've done, casting circles, salt, 
cleanings etc. has worked. Whatever this is, whatever it wants, is having effects on our physical and mental health. I feel so drained. Someone tell me what to do. So, I decided after perusing this wonderful little place to share the occasions of hauntings and history of my childhood home. I guess I can start with what I've seen or smelled or heard. I'll rank M not in chronological order, but in the order which comes to mind first. I noticed growing up, that while in my early adolescence, late childhood, early prepubescent stage, there was more than often a smell of rotting meat and sulfur that would linger around the house. I always reported and complained to my mom and dad that I would experience these things in, around the house. Now, our home was very clean. My mother and grandmother, who alive at the time, were always busy scrubbing kitchen countertops, floors with that fabuloso smelling detergent and cleaning supply. You know, the one a stores you walk by and your knees get weak because it smells so good. Well, anyway, our home was very clean. Waxed floors, clean windows, always open in the springtime and grandma liked her sheets hung in the April wind. I'll point out early on that our home was always tested and run up to code for radon, carbon monoxide, CO2 exposure and ultra-frequency emission. All things come back negative and were given a clean bill of health. All. The. Time. Which, looking back, baffled anyone and everyone to question. I never saw these, but literally all my siblings, my relatives and friends of my siblings who would spend the night will gladly swear before judge and jury they witnessed these things. No soul mentioned here was mentally ill, abusing substances or lying for notoriety. Shadow figures. A lot of shadow apparitions, and plenty of visible full-bodied apparitions. They carried with them the ability to manipulate the area around them. Some were identified as male, rarely female. Once, my sister, older sister, was sleeping in an old room before I took over, before she left for college. She tells this to this day, she wakes up, dead of night. Pitch black save for the sliver of light creeping in from the lamppost outside. There is a figure, nondescript bordering on the edge of the light and leaning back into the darkness. She said, its arm was reaching out, hand open and grabbing for me. Spooky? Well, there's more. Another occasion, she gets up and hears footsteps walking down the hall, towards the kitchen. She hears the cabinet doors open and close, where we keep the glasses and chinaware. She thinks nothing of it and decides to go get a drink. Upon entering the kitchen, she sees all cabinet doors wide open and there isn't a member of the family wake. I have heard footsteps and saw a door handle move. Some years back, I come home from school and I wanted to make A, P, B and J. So, I'm standing at the counter, when from behind me, I hear heavy, heavy footsteps slamming up the stairs. My first thought, so we're doing this now. I saw, I saw, the door handle jiggle, like a hand was grasping around and twisting it. Never opened. I promptly make myself forget about it because despite being the size of grizzly bear with the attitude of a teddy bear, I get scared of things very easily. Seriously, I've jumped at my own shadow before. Several times. Back to the story. 
My younger sister comes home from college, wasn't that far away, she drove to and from, and follows in my footstep and makes a Sammy. She hears it and sees IT. The heavy footsteps, the door handle. She freak out because she's seen more stuff than I have and is more adept at the hauntings than I was. Backstory, I'm a devout Catholic, have been all my life and will die one. My room at the time and now looks like a chapel. Which there is a reason for. My family has a theory that I wasn't screwed with as much was because I was the only one in the house with more than one crucifix in the room. So, my brother comes home from work. We promptly tell him. Being former military and security forces, he gets his .45 and does a sweep of the property. No sign of forced entry. Basement is empty and undefiled by supposed occupying creeps. Hopefully this small novel hasn't lost you. But wait, there's more. My brother has seen things levitate several times. Of course I call BS. Who wouldn't? 9 or 10 there is always a logical explanation for things to occur. Hell, even exorcists are ardent skeptics. Anyways, he has seen his shoe fly across the room. He woke up one night to find his pillow standing stock still. Seriously, standing straight up. He's seen shadow apparitions and has heard his name whispered and called, as have I. It's horrifying when it happens to you, there's more from him, I'll have to ask and write it down if y'all want. I witnessed with my own two eyes, the door to my parents' bedroom swing, open and close by itself. Windows closed, no draft, no string. I saw it and it still scares me. I've heard the multitude of whispers in my own home. Seriously, it sounded as if a whole party of people just decided to whisper rock and have it out. My house, well my whole family is old school Catholic. When I say old school, I mean this, the modern world lost touch with the idea of the demonic long ago. The world has misinterpreted the signs. The demonic have actually increased, prompting the Vatican to release the Roman ritual of solemn exorcism to Protestant denominations. Think about what I just said. There are certain denominations who don't even have the belief in the diabolic or the rite of exorcism. Old school Catholics have the firm teachings of exorcist light. Meaning that all Catholics before Vatican II were basically little non-ordained exorcists running around. If you're curious, look up Catholic Deliverance Ministry. They're the grandchild of the olden ways. So, I spoke of this to bring this point home. My sister, older, whom I love absolutely dearly. I would do anything for her in a heartbeat. She's my best friend. But she's an absolute window licker when it comes to this story. She and her window licking friends used an Ouija board in the basement. Send in the PREST. That house has been blessed a total of five times. Oh. Don't get me wrong, it always was peaceful for long durations. Until the activity just reappeared like a bad penny. H-E-R-E I am H-E-R-E to haunt. Heartbreak, Electric Boogaloo, 2. I want to make this perfectly clear, in no way am I falsifying information or creating this for the purpose to have notoriety. This all happened in our lives and the lives of relatives and my siblings' friends have changed because of it. I. Do not believe in lying for the sake of fame or popularity. 
I have seen many others do this sort of thing and come to find they lied or completely made things up. So with that out of the way, let's get into this. Preface, I use language that can be devotional, which means passionate or emotional. Because I view this part of my life deeply traumatic. Further backstory. I'm from Missouri, born and raised. Still live within the good old show me state. As many people don't know who are historians or haven't lived past the age of 50, like my relatives, have explained to myself in my ripe old age of 21. Many suburbs and neighborhoods in Missouri, were at one point, heavy farmland and deciduous forests. Before modded and the encroaching federal and local state government zoning commissions decided to carve through the karst topography and woodland to lay down I-270, I-95 and I-60, which are major interstate systems here in Mo. This was old country. With old and antiquated ways of living. My mom's father, who I'll name Grandpa Jay for the sake of privacy, had chosen the plot of land where my old home was to be built. This was I believe if memory serves me correctly. 1940-1950? Somewhere in that time frame. Well, it seems that in the childhoods of my relatives that the activity started almost immediately. I'll start with the one that still boggles me today and I really wish I knew more about. When the suburbs were built and life moved in, neighbors communed with each other and kids rode bikes in the streets until the lampposts turned on at dusk, was when disturbing reports of extraordinary activity were reported. In the front yard. Yeah, you heard that right. In the front yard. Well, the neighbors would complain to my grandma Mary about the strange sights in the lawn outside the home. Strange apparitions full-bodied and smoky were seen strolling around like they paid the bills, like they worked on the railroad for a living like my grandpa did. Seriously. Neighbors would report actually balls of light, spherical in shape, fly around the property. Bright and incandescent in nature. Imagine a light bulb floating around. There you go. We've also seen our fair share of UFO sightings right above the house. This was a long ago. I was about. 8 or 10? Somewhere around there? Sorry, my spatial reasoning for age never really worked right. Anyway, it was my Aunt C's birthday and my ma had decided to throw her a little shindig. They bought those awesome helium balloons you could tie action figures to and let fly away into the stratosphere. Anyone else? No? Come on don't let me be the only weird one here. Anyway, I remember begging to take just one of the balloons and let it free into the upper ionosphere, and hopefully the ISS would see it. Well, we know they pop when they get too high and they just float back down. I'm getting way too off track here. Anyway, I run outside barefoot, because in Missouri, middle-class families did not and still don't believe in shoes. Seriously, if I hear the tornado sirens go off, I'll be outside with a six-pack, barefoot and staring up at the sky. So, I run outside with my little helium-filled balloon and Lee TT go Lee TT go I am 1 WTH the WCKED sky. Now, as a little boy I'm looking up and laughing at the fact that balloons just float. Well, I see this strange movement above my neighbor's tree. I'll describe it as best I can. It had the general shape of a large triangle, and was almost clear. 
I saw almost because it had a form of transparency to it. But the three sides that connected to vertices or lights were gray in color. It looked like it had a cloaking device? On the bottom? If that makes sense? There were three lights as I described that were brighter than the craft itself. I know it wasn't a B-2 stealth bomber because the shape was perfectly triangular. Like. Perfect. So what do I do? I run on inside and start doing the courage the cowardly dog gibberish. Eventually my mom and my aunt are standing outside looking at this thing. I will remember that for as long as I am able. Still have dreams about it sometimes. Which, coincidentally, there was an old home video of my dad capturing some sort of phoenix light scenario over the house. I wish I'm making this up. Trust me. I wish I had all those years of looking over shoulder and feeling watched redone. I'd give anything to be able to sleep without the covers over my head for once. I still peek around corners and I refuse to be a dark room for more than a minute. My relative's childhood or parents. So, I gave a little backstory on the house. When my mom, and uncles and aunts were children, they would report the near same experiences. Just without the demonic activity. My mom, when she was a little girl, they all shared bunk beds. She tells this story the same way after all these years. She wakes up in the middle of the night, feeling a presence. She turns over and opens her eyes. At the foot of the bed are an older man and an older woman dressed in antique clothing. Full-bodied, eyes wide, staring at her. Now, of course these folks are not alive. My mom lets out this almighty cry and she said they dissolved into a fine mist and just poof, like they were never there. As this is a multi-part story, I'll of course have new information throughout. My memory blocks a lot of this stuff out. But whatever you want to know, I'll write down. Grandpa, you see, Grandpa, Christ rest his soul, before he passed worked on the railroad as a switchman and before that was a paratrooper in World War II for the 82nd Airborne Division. A job that requires superior agility and timing. And as a result, took a lot of energy from him. My grandpa was a tall, scrapper of a man, who loved nothing more than to come home with bloody, scraped knuckles and tired eyes. This experience is told from my mom's POV. My ma tells it the same way still. They're sitting in the living room couch, pregnant with my sister. We had a linen closet in the hallway. Back then the doors were foldable and they were made out of cold rolled steel really heavy and guided on a track system. It was open, and ready to be used for receiving the linens. I tell you that it's steel because my mom says to this day, with speed unmatched, the steel, enamel colored door folded and slammed shut. Cue my grandpa, whose bedroom was located four feet from his door. Grandpa and grandma's door slams open, an angry looking grandpa Jay strolls out, bedraggled, who in the hell slammed the door. Now, Grandpa Jay didn't believe in anything extraordinary or supernatural of the sort. He pauses and my mom said he looked at her and said, why is it so cold in here? Make of it what you will. But no draft or wind could move those doors with any force required. It takes a hand or muscle movement to close those doors. My Uncle Jay, experienced a lot of activity form what my mom has spoken of. 
The theory running around is that he was traumatized from it and refuses to believe or speak of what happened to him. I really wish he would open up. I mean, he was in the Navy, sailed on a destroyer around the Pacific, sailed through a typhoon and still, still regales me about how awesome it was. My Aunt C, I'll get to her in part 3. Don't worry. I'm seeing this through. The year 2000, my grandpa K, my mom's father-in-law and my dad's dad was, before his passing, Christ rest his soul, a machinist and a police officer by trade. The house had a car port instead of the garages you see mainly in suburbs or local areas. Held up by two, large support beams made of sturdy wood and concrete. Well, the roof was sagging over the carport and Grandpa K jacked up the support beams to fix the roof. Now, to fix the support beams you need to tear out the portion of driveway. We had a black asphalt driveway that looked like hell. So he rips up part of the asphalt and goes completely still and silent. He had uncovered a pine box. A child's pine box. In other words, a child's casket. He made my mom swear they would never rip the driveway or replace it. Because if the EPA found out about said incident, they would tear the property in half looking for it and refuse to cover the damages. The child has been seen and heard by many. Which will be covered in part 3. One last experience before I have to get started on my day. 1990, my mom, tells it as it is for the last 10 years that I can remember. My Aunt M came over to visit and she brought her newborn twin daughter C and L, over so they can play or what not. They decided to set up the playpen in one of the spare rooms in the back of the house. Now, back in the day, baby bottles used to be made of silicate glass or some other compound. With the formula already pre-made. So, my Moan and Aunt M are chilling and talking shop in the kitchen. There is nothing to indicate anything had happened or sound to indicate an event had occurred. Something, a force kept nudging me mom's shoulder. An actual force or presence was touching her. All she knows, something was telling her, instinctively to check on the babies. So, my mom gives in and goes down the hall. She says she cannot remember what drove her to check on the babies. But she walks in, and the twins are covered in blood. Apparently, during playtime, they broke the glass bottles and the glass shards had cut them. My mom and aunt freaked out and they go seal team 6 and take the babies. Come to find out, they only had nicks and cuts but my mom swears, swears to this day, she thought they were murdered. That was how much blood there was. As stated before, this is a multi-part story. I have so much more to relay to the world about my experiences at that house. And because of it to this day, I still look over my shoulder every now and then. Part 3 will be up shortly and I hope you guys enjoy the moments that traumatized a literal generation. Edit, May 2nd 2020. Part 3, Welcome Year Zero. So, some folks wanted to hear the third and final addition to the saga of my childhood home's haunting or paranormal experiences. I am so sorry for the long wait. I had some work to see to and now I can finally dole this out with respect. As stated earlier throughout this saga, this is not a work of fiction. The events described happened throughout and over a 50-year period, of which I wasn't alive for most of it, only been alive for 21 years, lived there for 18. 
I will repeat this, this is absolutely not a work of fiction. It would be insulting to our family and a generation of folks who lived and experienced these activities to call them fake, debunked, or fictitious. Three of my siblings and myself included have suffered from various disorders and trauma due to the levels of fright, effects of negative entities and harmful experiences throughout our tenure at this previous location. The title, interestingly enough, refers to year zero when Anton LaVey established the Church of Satan's official year, I believe. In 1965? To mock and conflict with Christendoms after death, referring to the mystical resurrection in 33 AD. I use this, not as a comedic placeholder, but as a footnote to expound on this. This part deals with the demonic. I will relay experiences I have personally fought with and others have suffered for. A warning before I write. To recall these experiences brings me great discomfort and anxiety. I don't like to talk about it or write about it. I, for the sake of my comfort and your well-being will include Pope Leo XIII's prayer to St. Michael instituted in 1886. In nomine patris, et fili, et spiritus sancti, Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil, may God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. When I was child, I relayed this in an earlier edit. There was always the smell of rotten meat, sulfur, or human excrement present throughout my childhood home. It was pungent, prevalent and always constant. This is a telltale sign, if scientific factors are excluded, a sign of the diabolic. It would always seem to waft around the house, even if the windows were open and the attic fan turned on. I could certainly never explain it, and it scared my mom to death, for she knew the what I tell you now. Since I am a devout Catholic, or as I jokingly call myself a Gothic Catholic, for my extensive love of medieval or traditional Christendom. We had statues of two saints, blessed Saint Joseph, terror of demons and of the Blessed Mother. We also had two images of the Sacred Heart of Christ and the Immaculate Heart of Mary enthroned in our home. We had a statue of Saint Joseph that was repeatedly thrown across the living room by an unseen force. This happened multiple times. Never once was the statue of Mary ever touched. I was attacked by a demonic entity in middle school. Bear with me. I will struggle writing this. It was the week before Holy Week, two days before Palm Sunday, on a Friday, 2011-2012. It started innocently enough when I met a girl who was severely into the occult. It was rumored throughout our grade that she was an aspiring Satanist or practicing witch. She would routinely cut herself and offer the blood to dark powers. I met this girl once. One time. I remember her giving this look at me. It was scathing. I'll remember it for a long time to come. It was as if she packed as much animosity and disgust into one glare as possible. I don't remember her name, but I will remember what I went through after meeting her. Gothic Catholicism Lesson 1, I don't mean to offend. Please, forgive me if I do. This is what I have learned over the years. There are two types of Satanists, non-theistic and theistic. 
non-theistic, belief that Satan is man's ego, a representation of primal nature. Th urge to be free and free within. Theistic, the worship and belief in the entity and biblical fallen angel. The fallen one, that old serpent, that ancient dragon, who is chained in the abyss. Be sober and watch, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, goeth about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist ye, strong in faith, knowing that the same affliction befalls your brethren who are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little, will himself perfect you, and confirm you, and establish you. 1 Peter 5, 6-10. First encyclical of Saint Peter, the first pontiff. It is knowledge that one can cast malediction through an evil eye or a sharp glance, filled with negative connotations, of which I believe I was the victim of. I'm not going into detail. Get that through now. I'm not doing it. I'll write down what I can. I was afflicted with blasphemous thoughts. Revolting and putrid imagery constantly filled my head. I found it difficult to pray. I had severe night terrors too wretched to type down on this form. I sought relief, desperately. I saw shadows, heard voices and was oppressed. It happened on Friday, at 3 a.m. The witching hour. I was awoken by an oppressive darkness, even though my TV was on. Nick at night was on, George Lopez. I heard the locutions of foulness in my head against God, Mary, Jesus and the Holy Ghost. I was never so frightened as when this happened. I grabbed a rosary and I made a great sign of the cross. And I fought. I invoked the Trinity, Saint. Michael, Saint. Joseph and the Blessed Mother. I wrestled with an invisible presence for hours into the early morning. I became angry. Angry with whatever had the right invade my home, to say horrible things about the God I love, to speak awful things in my mind. I have no history of mental disorder, I am mentally healthy. I have never experienced anything else after this. The activity stopped after my little exorcism in the wee hours of the night. The voices ceased and the... When my mother awoke and saw me, as the good Lord is my witness, she told me that the sides of my hair had gone stark white. My face was gaunt and I had absolutely no color to my skin. I promptly passed out on the couch and woke sometime in the late evening. Fast forward to Palm Sunday. I go with my Uncle Jay to see his best friend in the whole wide world. Father Jay. An Irish priest of the Jesuit order. I remember walking into the confessional and sitting across from him, to which he was surprised. I was always shy around others and this brazen act of reaching out must have shocked him. I told him everything. Didn't leave a thing out. He explained what I explained about Gothic Catholicism and what I then fell in love with. Spiritual warfare. He absolves me of my sins and blesses me right then and there. I leave the confessional elated and filled with hope. During the Mass, when we lifted our palm branches into the air before the crucifix, I felt as if my legs were to give out beneath me. I'm not ashamed to say this. I silently sobbed the whole time during Mass trembling and sobbing out of pure peace and joy. The activity around me stopped that day. Not a single whisper or voice or smell was ever experienced again.
I was given a blessed necklace of St. Michael which I've never taken off in over a decade. Skip forward late high school. I was moving out of my room and. We had these old wooden doors with that thick varnish about them, you know? Well, I'm walking past it and my eye catches something. On the door, imprinted into the varnish, was a face. I'm not talking pareidolia or seeing Jesus in a taco. I'm talking a real face. Eyebrows, eyelids, eyes, nose, lips, teeth and a shape of a head. It was not in any way a human face. And it was expressing the visible sign of screaming. Eyes wide and mouth open in a silent scream. I wish I was making this up, I promise this is real. I swear to it till my dying day. Its expression was that of fear, like it saw something that made it howl with terror. Something powerful made it imprint itself on the wood. I always kept a crucifix above my door oddly enough. I remember looking up at the crucifix and smiling. When we replaced the doors in the house with six paneled, white ones. I made sure I cut that old door in half and break it over my knee. I've been at peace ever since. If anything else, this is my testimony that evil exists in ways that man has no idea about. My oldest sister used an Ouija board in the basement. The window licker. Not the other one with a brain. Her and her window licking friends decided to use that piece of wicked wood and literally let all hell break loose. This was years ago when I was little. This is what started the darkness. Story time. So, they get together and do this activity, which I asked about not too recently. She reported feeling weird about it but no noticeable events occurred during the session. Like it's therapy or something. Time goes by and activity starts to pick up. Well, my oldest sister and her mushhead friends decide to do an EVP session or ghost hunt in the dead hours of night while our parents went someplace else. They caught the following. The voice of a little girl saying, he's here, and running away from the microphone. Followed by a deep, guttural growl before the tape shut off completely. My father is a retired police officer. He worked a tremendous amount of nights. There was an event where he came home, started stripping off his vest and gun belt. He walks into the bedroom where my mom was sleeping. To his utter shock, he sees the black or shadow form of a male figure leering over my mother. Out of instinct, he racks the slide and chambers around, which in turn causes the figure to look up and promptly dissolve into fine shadow and literally disappear. I called BS to his face one day was promptly told he wasn't joking and was corroborated by mom. My aunt C was involved into the occult. She had witch friends and physic friends come over and cleanse the house all the time. It never worked. Just made it worse. Well one time, one of them backed up what we learned about the land on which it was built. We learned that the land previously belonged to a couple who had lost children, from what I'm told. An older man and older woman, farmed the land before the subdivision took up the land after they passed, to which they buried their child in a pine box which I described in part 2, Electric Boogaloo. The physic friend of my aunt comes in and immediately hits the nail on the head. Here's the thing, she was never told of the home. She was never told of the history or activity that happened. She didn't even know about my family until Aunt C told her afterwards. I moved out after high school and never looked back. 
We sold the house to another family on the first day of showing it. They say the supernatural can lure others into locations. I believe it. I just hope the folks who live there aren't as harassed as we were. This is all I can remember. I hope you all enjoyed our experiences. Thanks for reading.